This is Places. I'm Nathan Atkinson. A harsh wind blows dust across the arid landscape. The drive here was dry. After a stop in Corinne to get burgers for lunch, fill up your gas tank and check the pressure in your tires, you continue down Highway 83, looking for the mostly unmarked road described to you by your waitress. Just turn left and keep on going, she said. The road turns to dirt after you pass Promontory Point, which is a couple hours north of Salt Lake City and seemingly in the middle of nowhere. This is the place where coasts met with the final swing of the hammer onto a golden rail spike. We had conquered the land from sea to shining sea. We had tamed the land and scarred the land. A long iron snake now stretched from California to Iowa, and from Iowa, it forked and slithered to the east and to the south. But this journey is not about spikes and trains. You drive past Promontory. The only building for miles disappears behind you, as quickly as it appeared in the dry landscape. There's the dirt road. You bump along, raising a cloud of dust behind you for what seems like hours, looping around hills and mountains, passing innumerable sagebrush and tumbleweeds. You bump over another cattle guard. Around the bend, you are met with a vast expanse of white that fades into water like glass. The air is still on the lake, which reflects the sun and clouds on a surface as smooth as a mirror. You park in the small dirt parking lot, next to a couple of SUVs. You open the door to a mouthful of dust and the overwhelming scent of sulfur. The spiral jetty jets a thousand feet into the expanse of salt and water. In the past, there were only certain months when the mysterious spiral was uncovered enough to see it, but now the lake has receded so far that it's always visible. Dried salt sticks to the black basalt that makes up the vast piece of art. A quick look around the area answers any question about where Smithson gathered his materials. His brush was a dump truck and a backhoe, and his paint was the mud, dirt, and huge black rocks that litter the area surrounding the lake. His canvas was a great salt lake, the largest natural lake west of the Mississippi, and the site of abandoned industry after the railroad was completed and the area left largely empty. Industry moved on, the lake, and the rusting reminders of old industry stayed behind to watch the jetty take shape. Robert Smithson had a hard time convincing local contractors to build his project. Known as Earthworks, the spiral jetty and several of Smithson's other works of art were built into the landscape, often from the landscape, in stark contrast to the iron and steel industry of the railroad, which marched on in its utilitarianism Smithson's earthworks transformed a chunk of land into something beautiful and awe-inspiring. The dump truck drivers worried about getting stuck in the muddy shores of the salty lake. I imagine they must have also hated working with the 100 billion brine flies that lived around the lake, but they completed the jetty in just six days, moving thousands of tons of mud and rock into position. Robert Smithson took a look at the J-shaped earthwork and was displeased. He reworked it into the spiral that can be seen today, which took the team another three days to complete. 1,500 feet long, over 6,500 tons of basalt, 100 billion brine flies. The spiral jutting into the Great Lake in silence seemed so alien yet so natural. 
it's difficult to explain the phenomenon. Standing in the silence of the desert, 1,500 feet onto the shallow lake, I take in this place of wonder. Why did Smithson choose this place? Of all the lakes, of all the rocks, of all the shores on this one lake alone, I think it's interesting that the spiral jetty can only be seen during a time of drought, when the water recedes far enough to reveal the foreign shape. Robert Smithson, you could say, was obsessed with transforming a piece of the landscape into a piece of art. He completed other earthworks, including several in the Netherlands and one in Texas. The Amarillo Ramp was his final piece while still living. Smithson was surveying his work from an airplane and died after the plane crashed during the surveillance. Some of his work survives today. Some even resurfaced from his imagination and was created, as was the case with the floating island. Smithson imagined an island, complete with soil, rocks, trees, and other plant life, being ferried around the Hudson River by a tugboat. This dream was realized in 2005, when for a few days the island floated the river. I can just imagine the sight of a tugboat pulling trees, rocks, probably a few birds, bugs, other animals around the Hudson River, floating serenely in stark contrast to the cityscape behind it. The spiral jetty endures for now, but with receding waters and salty arid conditions and increased foot traffic, the earthwork is at risk of eroding into the lake from which it was born. There are those who want to restore and protect the spiral. Others claim that we should let it erode, which is likely what Robert Smithson would have wanted. He loved the idea of entropy, or the fact that things wear and erode. He liked his art to take on an earthly quality and be allowed to wear away like all things on earth. Someday, far in the future, the spiral jetty may be nothing more than a few worn mounds of basalt in the middle of a vast expanse of salt. Perhaps marked by a plaque that reads, What you see here, remnants of the spiral jetty, earthwork by artist Robert Smithson. This podcast was written and produced by me, Nathan Atkinson. You can find the show online at placespodcast.com. Follow us on social media at placespodcast. Music for this episode included Their Story, Them Seeing by Puddle of Infinity and The World Light by L'Etat Moderna. The track we're listening to now is Prism of Light by Noisy Filter. If you like the show and think it deserves a rating, please leave a rating on iTunes. Places is a monthly story podcast where we explore a new incredible place in the world every month. If I see a lot of interest, I hope to increase the number of episodes I put out. I hate ads and I hate asking for money, but I love creating great content. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by going to anchor.fm places and clicking support this podcast. If you do, I'll be eternally grateful. As always, thanks for listening.